1: Losing the bye week, a super-secret basketball scrimmage, Brandon Peters is the original Shavier. your Twitter questions, and a Penn State preview. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. That's the sound of a beer cracking. I'm pouring it into a pint glass. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mike Jones, your co-host of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves that Spartans can talk. And we're celebrating because Spartan football is back, baby. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host Kevin Greck. Kevin, we've got a ton to dive into. Transfers, tragedy, and the transitive property.
0: Where's your head at? Jonesy, you know where my head's at. My head is where my (laughs) head where it's always at. Fraser's Pub on Packard Road in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: Seamless segue right into our presenting sponsor, Fraser's Pub. Uh, we gave them so much ad copy last week. Uh, it's going to be less this time, guys. Uh, the people
0: want more, give them more.
1: (laughs) Frazier's pub, uh, wonderful off campus sports bar, oldest sports bar in Ann Arbor. In fact, um, you know, we'll admit it's, it's a Wolverine den of sorts. Uh, not the M den, but a Wolverine den. Uh, but they are big 10 friendly. We've watched a number of Spartan games there. Um, and they have a, a fantastic selection of, of beers, many Michigan-based beers, um, and they have a, a Monday night special we want to let you know about. Uh, they do a quarter-pounder burger uh, and fries for just 4 dollars uh, Every month there's a beer of a month, which is a 23-ounce beer for the same price as a pint. This month, it's, uh, this month it is Blanche de Chamblay uh, from Unibrew, which is a Belgian-style wit that is a bit less citrusy, citrusy than an Oberon or a Blue Moon. But if you like either of those beers, you'll be a big fan. Uh, so do go check out Fraser's Pub. We do fake ads here. This is not a fake ad. Please tell them you can't read, can't write, sent you. Uh, we would be eternally grateful.
0: Indeed. Indeed.
1: So uh, with substantially less ad copy out of the way, sorry, Frasers. we do love you. Uh, we're going to move into our coverage of the Green Wall, uh, your uh, Detroit and Lansing area media narratives that have been uh, going on in this this bye week. Uh, much of it about losing the bye week, yeah. Uh, and so let's start with the primary story uh, that is uh, that is being pushed forward on on that front, which is the transfers out of the Michigan State football program. Um, we know uh, this is a Twitter question that we planned on getting into. It might touch on a little bit later from John Hubbard, but you know, it's the big news uh, for this week. Uh, and, it, and John Hubbard asked us about that. So uh, the two, I think the two from the last time we recorded are cam chambers and Noah Harvey, uh, I think the last time we recorded Weston Bridges had transferred out, but, um, or had entered the transfer portal anyway. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, But uh, look, you know, Kevin, I I, certainly will turn to you for a take, but my sense is keep calm, everyone. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I I think we're still not looking at a player that that has seen significant snaps. I mean, maybe Connor Hayward is the best example of that. Uh, This is a guy that Started the season at the top of the depth chart, was still getting play when he decided to uh, to enter the portal, and that was a transfer that parts of the fan base were clamoring for. I understand that there's a bit of a theme going here that we're up to what is it seven now that are in the portal? But uh, six, six. No, pardon you me, seven, seven. Yeah, seven. I believe uh, Harvey made it seven. So uh, the thing to consider in all of this these players aren't necessarily the present or the future. They don't appear to be at least. Uh, I know there was some talk about making position changes with like a Ladarius Jefferson, for example. Uh, but that's taken a chance, uh, moving from in that case, running back to linebacker or something like that. Uh, it doesn't indicate necessarily that, that he's going to end up getting snaps in those locations. So other programs have, uh, have had transfers over the years at a much more significant rate than MSU has. For example, I think there's uh, an article that was published this week on Click on Detroit profiling the 25 players from U of M that have transferred out but are still playing college football. So this happens uh, to date. I don't think other than maybe, you know, the two running backs transferring at a position of need. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it's hurt the team in the grand sense of things, uh, but it is something certainly to keep an eye on.
1: So the the two things that I would uh, I think we should drill down on very briefly here are uh, one, you know it, it seems that there's a bit of a bug that's gone around the the locker room, if you will, mm-hmm. and something to keep an eye on, especially as the transfer portal becomes the new norm is how much success do these players have transferring out? Yeah. And, you know, so there may just be this sexy idea that has caught on among some people in the locker room who have since entered the transfer portal. But as Coach D'Antonio pointed out, and he's not wrong on this, you got to find a school, you got to get into the school, you got to make your way onto the team. You then have to establish that you're going to get more playing time than you were and that requires learning a new playbook, understanding new teams, understanding a new scheme. And so there's this is what they're doing is not easy. And yeah. and I I I think we all wish them nothing but the best, very sincerely. But you know, let's say only 3 of these 7 guys end up somewhere or, you know, aren't delayed a year. You know, there's a lot that goes into this process and it may just be that an idea, a, a bit of a fantasy, has caught on when the reality is that this is a much bigger challenge, and that information is going to get back. Um, the one, though, that I think is, is the transfer that is most interesting is Cam Chambers.
0: Um, Cause you can, because you can talk on that. Well, Law school.
1: Yeah, so Cam Chambers was in law school at MSU. It's By most accounts, it, there is a little bit of grayness around it, but we'll say that mm-hmm. he is for the sake of argument. Uh, and that led him to miss practice time. Um, so for listeners who don't know, um, I'm no longer practicing, but I'm an attorney, so I went to law school. Um, and the the bit that's interesting about this is that his decision to pursue something academically may well have affected his ability to play athletically Mm -hmm. and so if this is about student athletes the question becomes then is this really about the student piece um and i know you know graham couch uh columnist for the lansing state journal has is kind of sounded off on this point that if it's not really about athletics then like let's just destroy that whole narrative and why don't we just start playing, paying these guys um I do think there is it's worth grading a bit of this on a curve because law school is an entirely different endeavor yeah than undergrad mm-hmm. now I think the difficulty of a first year of law school gets a little bit overblown but it is certainly a full-time job you I mean if you're not there during regular hours, you know, putting in the work and substantial work, you will not do well in law school. And so if you are, if this is about academics, then I can appreciate that the time that it takes to be a student athlete is not compatible with that kind of a grad degree. Now, that... I'm not saying Cam Chambers should be discouraged from pursuing his academics. And Mm -hmm. by all accounts, he wasn't. He just wasn't able to put the reps in at practice and play. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it sounds like Coach Antonio never discouraged him from doing it, in fact, embraced it. But I don't know that, that as a program that means that he should be afforded opportunity over people who are getting regular reps at practice. Sure.
0: <clears throat> what do you think? You didn't personally do this, but what do you think about the idea of being a student and transferring from one law school to another after your first year?
1: So it, it happens. Um, you know. And frankly, that could be part of Cam's calculus. And Look, I believe green and white, I don't mean to disparage Michigan State in any way. Um, and their law school has gotten substantially better over the years. Yeah. But there are better law schools. uh, And where you go to law school does affect your professional prospects.
0: Absolutely.
1: As an attorney. And if he does plan on practicing as an attorney, it's not crazy either that he'd be like, hey, I'm not getting the reps. And maybe I can make this work somewhere, not to mention a smaller school that has a better law school. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I could do both. Uh, I could get a you know what's perceived as a more elite law school education and continue to play football.
0: Yeah. So this will be interesting. I'll be watching where he ends up with particular uh particularly relative to the rest of the guys who, you know, we'll check in on, but I uh I'm very interested to see how this works for Cam Chambers in particular.
1: Yeah. And and so the other the other before we move on to really the big news from the week about basketball, the other sort of lingering question and the the lingering media narrative was about coach d'antonio's future and what he needs to do um graham couch again columnist for the lansing state journal wrote a really fantastic article about if he was advising coach d'antonio on on what he needs to do and that one of uh, d'antonio's attributes has been that he's always been able to connect uh you know through his words with the student and and with with the fan base yeah you know he really the things that we we love about coach d'antonio was his response to the little brother comment for instance i mean his he backed it up with actions but he did not relent in any way
0: no and so do you remember his first game at notre dame it was, like his, it was like his second or third game as the head coach at MSU at Notre Dame on the sidelines. The sideline reporter asks, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have this in front of me, but she asked something to the effect of, what do you anticipate the resolve to be from Notre Dame? And his response was simply, I don't really care about Notre Dame. I care about the Spartans. And I remember looking around the room after he said that and just thinking, wow, this guy gets it. This guy understands. Yeah.
1: I mean, look, I know we have some Wolverine listeners, but we're not fans of you. <laughs> we don't like you. I mean, we may like you on some personal level, but as a school, we're not fans.
0: And you've got a great bar on, Pac- on, uh, <laughs> on Packard Avenue.
1: Yes. Fraser's. go there. Uh, continue to push Frazier's. But, the <laughs> but so I liked Couch's point and I agree with it. Like I need to hear some things from him. And we talked a little bit about this last week. I need to hear that he's staying and like not through next season. I need to know that he's here to get us back to where he took us. Yeah. And, and that that's his commitment. And as long as I hear that great, but words only matter so much. And I, I think the lingering question is, do we need, some some actions out of him and for me and i think most of the fan base some people need to get fired
0: well they don't need to get fired uh didn't d'antonio move them all to one-year contracts (laughs) the entire offensive staff is about to have their contract expire you're right. The The Curtis Blackwell firing. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, D'Antonio has never fired an assistant coach. They've taken other jobs at one place or another, but I don't think he's ever come to the podium and explicitly said so-and-so's, you know, contract has been terminated. We wish them the best. I think it's always been X person retired. Y person took the running backs job at, for the new Orleans saints, whatever it is. Um, So I don't know, to to be honest with you, I don't know what I need from D'Antonio. I I think he's probably grappling right now. And I said this last week with the fact that his plan has failed. Uh, The rearranging the chairs on on the the deck of the Titanic did not work, did not keep it afloat. Uh, I... I... I don't know what to expect from him. He's not the type of guy to look in the camera and say, I was wrong. half the staff is going to be gone. You know, the mob was right. Um, I think it would be nice if he stated explicitly that he, you know, he said it before he's going to be the coach here for a long time. It'd be nice if he said that again, but, uh, I've kind of been expecting him to retire for several years now in the medium term even if he didn't have all this heat this year, I wouldn't be surprised if like next year was going to be his last year anyway. So I don't know honestly what to expect of him. Uh, And there's always, you know, the, the specter of the Curtis Blackwell thing, you know, hanging over the the proceedings and the program, but
1: well, so real briefly on on that point, I know that Chris Solari and the USA today uh, did their best job to, fanned the flames when they they published a report about salaries for this year that included information about next year's fiscal budget mm-hmm. um, and all the ways that MSU could get rid of D'Antonio. Um, but I'm not convinced he's retiring. And mm. I I will say that his words don't seem to suggest it. And the way just this last press conference, even though it didn't have any Mia culpa to it, um, you know, he was talking about hunting in the transfer portal uh, to, to add, you know, people to the roster to fill in gaps. I, you know, and that they all hit the recruiting trail this past weekend. I'm not saying they wouldn't go out and recruit, but the fact that he's in the transfer portal personally, that, you know, they're talking about assigning a guy to the transfer portal. I think if he's on the way out, He's not
0: doing that. Here's what I'll say to that. He does have an interest in the program. I'm sure he considers it his program. He's been the head coach for 13 years now or whatever it is, the number I should have off the top of my head, but I don't. Uh, so he could be doing 13th. those on behalf of the program and the longevity of his of his legacy, uh, building that, making sure that the program is in good you know, solid shape when he hands it off. I'm not making the case that he is retiring at the end of the season. I'm saying his being in the transfer portal is not incompatible with him still planning to retire at the end of the season. Fair enough. And if we're talking about contracts, I think he's got parts of his contract built in where He's guaranteed tickets to future MSU football and basketball games. He's guaranteed some kind of cush job in the athletic department if he chooses to, to accept it, So, which is very popular in MSU uh, personnel contracts, as it turns out. Uh, that's in a lot of them. Those, and was those our
1: opponent, Penn State.
0: <laughs> so I, the man, it seems to me that whether he's retiring or not, he doesn't plan on walking away from the program entirely. Uh, so maybe the transfer portal is revealing that he is planning on staying around maybe it's not i'm not convinced
1: and maybe i'm just a fanboy and an apologist but uh he got us there once i haven't compl- i mean i need things from him but i yeah. haven't sold out on that but enough football we'll get into football coming up next week or this saturday rather um in a in a little bit but uh, <laughs> There is a sniper on the loose in the breslin center dude uh <laughs> dude rocket watts achilles injury oh uh, Kyle strain, aaron's, right uh, yes strain uh, uh Kyle aaron's uh, uh sprained ankle and the big one the the sad one genuinely um and not for performance uh, for the team though there's we can talk about that but um just for the guy uh, Josh Langford has reaggravated his foot injury um and is out indefinitely with a reevaluation scheduled for January uh but it sounds like I I Tom Izzo described it as a bonus if Josh Langford is back
0: yeah i mean a reevaluation is not a return those are two different words i I'm just gonna read the tea leaves here. I think there's a pretty good chance we've seen the last of Josh Langford. He made a uh, statement this week. I think that this is his last year, regardless of the you know the foot injury and the outcome of that. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, he made it earlier and then reiterated it again, which is reiterate and again is the same thing. But
0: yeah, it's um, okay.
1: He he's out and and so uh, real quick, want to interject with. Uh, uh, two corrections. Mm. Um, one is uh, last week, the upper deck jerk guy asked us, uh, will we realize, uh, Josh Langford's full potential this year? No. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, not available at, uh, Fraser's pub. I think I you. you continue to get plug. Uh,
0: but anyway, if you wanted to continue your sniper analogy, you could also aim that at the Hauser waiver. Which was uh, MSU was uh, informed that it was denied this week. They're appealing, but I'm not optimistic about Langford, and I'm not optimistic about this Joey Hauser waiver either. I don't know what the history is of NCAA, you know, hardship waiver is on appeal, but I can't imagine that it's very good. Uh, so, not a good week of news for the MSU basketball team.
1: No, and so you know the the thing is, and I've I've heard a number of of people who you know uh, cover MSU in the media talk about that in some ways, and this isn't to disparage Josh Langford, but in some ways, him uh, going out really transformed the MSU's offense last year. Yeah, um, he, and, and I think this is one of the reasons that back to the upper deck jerk guy's question that I had never really
0: been sold on langford is that he's not terribly efficient um he likes the long two ball he likes to take the single dribble and step into the long two which is one of the worst shots that you can take on a basketball court but you know it's it it forced a lot
1: to go through cassius yeah uh who is incredibly efficient right um you know, so the, the remaining question, or not the remaining question, there's plenty of questions about basketball, but is, you know, what are we doing at the two spot, which, you know, is the, the shooting guard? I know we're all moving to positionless basketball, but uh, there is a rubric that you have to fill, and um, the two is, you know, an area of great depth and untestedness for this team.
0: Indeed. So I think we know in the scrimmage, which we'll cover in a moment, Kyle Arnes, took the start at the two, correct? So he's got a tweak right now. He's out for a week and a half or so, but I think we can expect him to start at the two at Madison Square Garden. Uh depending on what happens with the backup point guard role, uh whether that's going to be foster lawyer. And I think now especially MSU basketball fans probably should hope that it is foster lawyer that can back up Cassius Winston and sort of take that take those minutes from him so that, you know, so doesn't have to give him 35 minutes or run 38 minutes. Uh, if that's a possibility and lawyer is productive, uh, you can look at rocket Watts taking a lot of those minutes at the two. And then, you know, we talked about Gabe. I think Gabe's going to Gabe around at the two guard spot quite a bit this season, especially now. So, and you hope his
1: game has stepped up as much as, uh, maybe is being sold because you know Gabe Brown uh who who played not a ton of minutes last year um you know respectable I guess but not a ton um had the capacity to light up another team or play minutes and lay a nothing burger um and so if nothing else I would take middle of the road there I would take averaging
0: those things out There is one thing worth saying on that subject. If Gabe's on the floor, it means that Gabe's not on the bench. And if Gabe's not on the bench, it means he's not celebrating. And if he's not celebrating, it means that he's not bringing joy to all of our lives. Well, I mean, Marcus was
1: also a big piece of that.
0: Yes, who may also be on the floor. So uh, the sideline antics uh, better get picked up. There's going to be a bit of a vacuum there. Uh, And I'm looking at you, Stevie Izzo, Uh, if you're not the one, if you're not the one picking up minutes at the point guard spot, uh, I'm looking at Stevie Izzo to fill the void for all of those uh, sideline celebrations. Um, I want Stevie
1: Izzo mirror imaging Tom Izzo. That's what I want. (laughs) I want Tom yelling on the floor like eight feet in, Stevie four feet in, just doing the same thing.
0: Oh, man. You've got Aaron Henry getting yelled at on both sides. Tom is on one side, Stevie is on the oh, other side. <laughs> I would love that. It would
1: make me so happy. Um, but uh, so, I mean, it, it does... It, it Look, uh, maybe this adds a... We need to reset expectations for our first handful of games. Um, it may mean that we drop some. Though, in fairness... Izzo tends to stack the front of his schedule and I never expect to win a single one of those games. I expect to win them in March. And so, you know, I certainly don't expect us to go and four for the big ones, but you know, if it's two and two, I'm not worried. And that, that to me has nothing to do with Langford. That just has to do with, if there's anyone you should say, trust the process to it's Tom Izzo.
0: For sure. And I mean, there's no shame in losing to Kentucky at Madison Square Garden. Uh, It is the number one versus the number two team for a reason. They got dudes and they're a really good team and they're not, you know, your stereotypical Kentucky team breaking in five new freshmen, you know, that just started playing together a month and a half ago. They've got some experience on that team. Plus they've got their, their litany of, you know, McDonald's all Americans that have just walked in the door. So. I'm not saying that they're going to lose that game against Kentucky. I think it's a toss-up right now. But if you really want to see your preseason number one MSU uh, basketball team take the floor, you might want to grab some tickets to this Albion exhibition game next week. Um, I, it's tough right out of the gate. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll find out. And if they do win against. Kentucky, you know, there's a tough road game coming up against Seton Hall. There's the trip to Maui. I would expect this team does not run through that full gauntlet.
1: So we're previewing a a lot of the schedule here, uh, but we've alluded to MSU played a super secret scrimmage that everyone knew about. Mm -hmm. Um, The NCAA allows uh, teams to play um, a scrimmage against another opponent. Oh, apparently, Greg's ready to celebrate, too. That's right. Um, Scrimmages. And uh, this year, like last year, we played Gonzaga. Uh, we played them in Denver. Sounds like there were two 20-minute periods. Uh, plus, a five a, minute. plus a five-minute. Plus uh, a five-minute. And MSU, it, afterwards, the teams agreed to release uh, some stat lines from particular players, and the score but not release a box score um msu lost the scrimmage 103 to 87 i believe mm-hmm. and uh, when brennan quinn from the athletic uh tweeted this out uh he called the result surprising uh i personally think that is a dumb word to use to describe anything related to uh, a uh, scrimmage result with Tom Izzo because Stephen Izzo probably played in that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, we had, it, Gonzaga used seven players, which is a tournament level rotation of players. Uh, MSU, I think, used uh, 12. Um, at Sparty
0: might've been there too. Sparty might've got some time <laughs> if he made the trip out.
1: Yeah, so, look, I, I, Greg, I, I'm happy to go to you for takes on this, but my thought is I, I'm not remotely worried about the outcome of a scrimmage in Denver.
0: I'm not that worried either, and is a tough team to scrimmage against. They've got length. Mark Few seems to really focus on recruiting size and length, so it's not a great matchup. It's not something that MSU is going to see in a lot of cases, and I will say, though, I mean, Brandon Quinn is pretty connected. I think you should keep Can't Read, Can't Write as part of a balanced podcast diet that might also include his podcast, uh, The Moving Screen. Uh, if, you know, he's talking to coaches and they're telling him that they were surprised about a couple things, far be it from me to question them, ma'am. I'll just say that.
1: You So... Yes, he's very connected, had the best reporting on the scrimmage, hands down. Um, And I believe Izzo said that he was disappointed in the way uh, the players played, the starters in particular. I guess what I'm saying is that, and I know it was just in a tweet, so there's only so many characters, but describing the result as surprising, that's what bothered me. Uh, Because Izzo screwing around during a scrimmage... Is about him getting what he wants to get out of it. Gonzaga running seven players; they, I guess, got the win, which is what they wanted to get out of it. Sure. Anyway, Brennan Quinn is fantastic. Do uh, you know he he is well sourced and does great reporting. Yeah. But let's uh, let's move past the Green Wall and head off Grand River uh, to explore some. Non-MSU related topics. uh, I I think we got to start with Brandon Peters' uh, revenge tour, the original Savior, uh, and uh, (laughs) I mean, look, uh, Illinois beat Wisconsin. For anyone who uh, didn't see that, uh, which is alarming because Illinois is still not good. Uh, Wisconsin still is very good and uh an illustration of why the transitive property does not apply in college football or any sport for that matter
0: um but i like uh, brandon the game peters
1: for, yeah i liked the game for that
0: brandon peters transfers to illinois gets a way bigger win than he ever would have gotten at michigan yeah
1: I, I guess for those who aren't familiar, Brandon Peters used to be the quarterback at the university of Michigan was run out of town, uh, transfers to Illinois and then beats a team that U of M did not beat, which just makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's gotta feel good. Uh, but the big 10 West generally, uh, we've kind of covered this, oh, man, uh, they lost their Goliath. Wisconsin's got a loss now. Uh, I think we both expect them to still go to the Big Ten championship game, although Minnesota's rowing the boat out on the perimeter, keeping an eye on things. It's not impossible, but it's it's not. And
1: and you know what? It's not impossible for Iowa, who you know remains, I believe, remains ranked. Um, I'm gonna double check on that while we're talking. Uh, yeah. Should you give me some Hoff? Um, <laughs> <Whew>. Reference. <laughs> but the you know the it, look Iowa is oftentimes my team in the Big 10 if things aren't going well. Yeah. Um you know I have a friend who's a big Iowa fan. They there's not much reason that I would not care for them at some level. Um yep, Iowa still ranked uh depending on the poll either 20th or 19th. Um which if Iowa looks like it still doesn't understand that a blitz is legal, um, you know, has uh, talent on so, on their offensive line, I'm baffled by their offense. Um, it, they went up? According to this, they went up three spots since last week after a loss.
0: I— I can't claim to be uh, an expert at Iowa's rankings, but I I know that they're a beneficiary of their schedule. Uh, There were certain members of the media that were high on Iowa uh, to begin the season. They seem like a perfectly mediocre team to me. Uh, And if they they had to play in our division, if they had had to play our
1: schedule,
0: yeah. They'd have some major L's. Uh, It's the same with Minnesota. If MSU had Minnesota's schedule... We wouldn't be talking about Mark D'Antonio, uh, you know, riding off into the sunset at the end of the season. The fan base would be happy to be 6-0. and It would understand and sort five of and one. and nudge five and one. that, uh, that uh, you know, they hadn't played much of anyone, but they're still getting the wins. So it's a huge benefit to being in the Big Ten West. Uh, it's a product of Nebraska not really keeping up their end of the bargain and uh i think you know we should probably look at a bit of a conference realignment yeah but that's for another day yeah i think it makes sense
1: to swap us with purdue just give us michigan every year that's all we want
0: no i also want indiana every year old brass platoon (laughs) forks down
1: the little good pot gold pot forks Uh, down so in other uh, off Grand River news, and we'll keep this bit brief, but any, if anyone missed Mike Leach's, who is the, the, the head coach, Mike Leach, head coach of Washington state, uh, always good for gold, uh, had an interview where he, I think he was asked about lip reading, though it's not certain that he was even asked about it.
0: Well, the press corps over there knows now that they can just like give him a topic to vamp on. And, uh, You know, sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't.
1: So big hit. Uh, Mike Leach uh, goes on a rant about lip reading and and people in particular, people covering, you know, coordinators covering their their lips with like their, you know, their scripted play call sheet um, while they're talking into the headset and uh, proceeds to rant about how. Well, we all know that in America, people are trained at birth how to read read lips uh, and they're able to. uh, Decipher that, change the defensive play call, sub in the right personnel. And, I mean, he was making fun of the notion, and it was brilliant. But then went on to talk about designing face masks for coaches, maybe some that have, like, lips on them. Uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) look. Or I I think
0: in social media there was a mask this week that disrupts facial recognition AI. You know, you could have all the coaching staff wear those masks, like, Blade Runner style.
1: (laughs) I I mean, it, <laughs> Mike Leach is gold, uh, great interview. And so I guess this is just our plug for the week. Do go check it out
0: every week. Uh, just check in on Mike Leach and what he said every week. Sometimes it'll take you two seconds to do it. Sometimes you're going to go down an internet hole and, uh, and listen to him for 10 minutes.
1: Um, so, you know, in other big news this week, I, I think maybe some of the biggest news in, um, in sports generally, Uh, The the Houston Astros uh, clinched and and in the post-game sort of euphoria, their assistant general manager, um, I I believe I'm getting the title right, but uh, shouted at uh, a group of female reporters in particular about how thrilled he was that they had picked up their closer, um, who I believe just last year had been— accused or involved in a domestic assault um super tasteless uh, at the at the best Mm -hmm. um and and it makes me you know it's it's a bit interesting because rarely am i a defender of the nfl but in some ways it, it at least seems there's a bit more of a scarlet letter on players a bit.
0: Don't get me wrong. Not, not to the extent that there should be, but, and, and, you know, it's not like there's a mechanism for it.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, you know, um, particularly as we sort of, as me too evolves there, you know, what are consequences? What, what is the, the variations and how do you work your way back? Um, you know, it's it's not like we need to give people a giant pass here, yeah, uh, it, or any pass for that matter. Why is it that brands decide that they want to associate with themselves with with people of notoriety? You know, it, who who do terrible things, and yeah. so. For you to not only associate yourself with, but then to celebrate,
0: yeah, then then to you know rub it in the face of a, a female press corps who I'm sure uh, have had their own difficulties with uh, you know stereotypes and lack of access and those types of things as a result of trying to cover what has been you know traditionally a, a very masculine beat. Uh, it's not a good look, to say the least.
1: No, and, and so, you know, two things. One is, I guess, for anyone who cares where we are on this, is that uh, support women, believe women, and don't hire dudes who beat women. Period. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, but we're also all about, this is, a, you know, this is an off-grand river, but we're also, you know, all about sort of turning the, the mirror on ourselves. And, um, you know, there's been a couple incidents at MSU uh this past week uh, not at uh, at women specifically though some women were involved mm-hmm. uh, but on on a potentially or completely racially motivated front uh the two being um one is a a professor put out just the the dumbest poll uh, imaginable that took racist YouTube comments and asked people to evaluate them for a variety of criteria, including comedic value. Yeah. Um, and, and these are literally ripped from YouTube. Uh, yeah. So there are- And
0: they are also, it's worth noting if you haven't seen them yourself, they're apparently racist and explicitly so uh, to the point where there's not a point in measuring this type of thing. You don't have to ask the question they were clearly intended to be racist and, and offensive and hurtful. Uh, I I don't understand what this professor was looking to accomplish with this poll. Uh, I, as someone, you know, Jonesy, you know, uh, mentioned that he previously was in law school and practicing attorney. I work in uh customer satisfaction surveys they were poorly written surveys they were poorly conceived ideas i i don't understand what someone could hope to have achieved with it uh he made some statements directly to the lansing state journal that i sure i guess uh but still i i don't understand the purpose of the, the same really just... exercise
1: so that we can say, the, say it out loud, is that he made apologetic statements yes. to the Lansing State Journal. And explained
0: his thought process for why he why he he fielded a, a, such a survey.
1: It was a stupid thought process. And mm. B, the apology didn't seem to really get it. The, I'm sorry if you were offended line is, no, I'm sorry I offended you. Like, it, take ownership of what you did not it's not that you're sorry that someone else had a reaction you're sorry you did something um the and
0: i i want to make this clear i i don't want to say that there's no place for discussing these types of issues in a college classroom certainly that there there is students are getting a a liberal education at michigan state university i fail to understand how this survey uh you know pushed uh, how it advanced that education i i can't understand what he was looking to achieve with this and i think when you're treading into this territory you have to you have the responsibility to be careful and to understand what you're doing
1: yeah uh and the other incident that that is worth noting is that um some in a in a dorm that had I, i believe four uh black students in it uh on the door of one or of two of those students, um, there was hung some toilet paper that was constructed in a way that had uh, loops to it and had knots tied in it. And it was perceived by the students in that dorm to be in the fashion of a noose. Um, And the university, uh, the, the students who did it Admitted they hung it there, but claimed it was just a prank and that it was not a noose, um, though they didn't do it to anybody else. And um, by all accounts, didn't have a a great relationship with these uh, two other students. Um, And the university has been lackluster in its response. Uh, They have responded, um, but you know i guess these two things taken in conjunction is that in and we'll just say as, as Spartans we would like the university to be very clear about what kind of environment they they will tolerate um that that things are unacceptable and there are consequences for them because the MSU that i love the reason one of the reasons i love MSU is because it's an egalitarian school that is inclusive and embraceive of all people mm-hmm. that we are not Arrogant and exclusive. We and and so, you know that that mission, which was really true to our historical roots, um, should be carried into the modern time. And that that MSU should be a place for everybody, and no one should be fearful, no one should feel unsafe or unwanted. And so that's that's what I would say about it.
0: Yeah, uh, President Stanley, you know, wrote a letter that I was supposed to forward to you, and I, I didn't. So I'll do that after the podcast to the msu community sort of addressing these challenges uh there's a uh there's a board meeting this week uh and i'm sure uh these issues will be further addressed uh at that time we'll see how that goes so um yeah uh it's just another uh
1: yeah all right well so speaking of being exclusive and not a welcoming place. Liberty University. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's there's Jerry, a transition for you.
1: Jerry Falwell's University uh, is playing Rutgers mm. um, at Rutgers, and Rutgers is a seven and a half point underdog against Liberty University.
0: Thank God for Rutgers in the Big Ten delivering that New York market, huh? Because, you know, when you're walking around (laughs) downtown, right, everywhere you look, just Rutgers fandom everywhere all the time. People clamoring for more Rutgers on television. I am alarmed
1: in Midtown how many red R's there are. Just that scarlet night, passion and love. You know, you go into a Midtown bar, folks. Downtown, Uptown, Midtown, it doesn't matter. You go in and ask them if the Rutgers game is on and they will say, obviously <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're playing reruns. <laughs> so
1: anyway, Rutgers uh, continuing to be the worst oh, God. Uh, against institutionally a worse place. Um, so uh, that's our off grand river segment. Before we get into your Twitter questions though, uh, we've got a little ad copy, uh, not from Frazier's. Uh, this is from Lovey Smith beard oil. Lovey Smith, the uh, head coach of Illinois, uh, has released a line of beard oil that, uh, look, sometimes you're in a dark place. Sometimes you need to, like, liven things up. Maybe you're going to lose your job, and you want to give yourself just that, that extra shine, that extra chance. Slap some Lovey Smith beard oil onto that beard. And you know what? You'll get that contract renewed for another three years. Lovey Smith Beard Oil. Buy it whenever you go to an Illini
0: game. So there's been a lot of Twitter questions, not directed towards us, but generally out into the ether about, you know, if Illinois is a, is a team to be reckoned with now. The answer is no. They got lucky.
1: Lovey Smith, lucky Beard Oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, look, it, yes, they, i don't even know if they got lucky they played hard they had oh, small moments yeah. that turned into big moments they earned that victory and wisconsin, wisconsin had
0: three turnovers
1: yeah i mean and wisconsin you know i think they admitted afterwards was looking past them mm-hmm. and so uh that's what happened there but uh look uh kevin um the upper deck jerk guy called you an asshat hat. Uh, last week, um, and uh, so in in accordance with uh, consequences and uh, per a suggestion, we've broken up the Twitter questions by subject instead of by questioner. Uh, yeah, so
0: upper deck jerk guy, uh, you're not going to get a dedicated 15 minutes, but we'll spread it out over time. So get your stopwatch out. Uh, we are dedicating plenty of time to you, but it's insert interspersed with other uh, questions
1: you can't direct your followers just to your minutes. That's right. Um that we do appreciate your listen. Yep. Uh anyway, so on the football, um John Hubbard uh asks if Connor Cook takes on a villain role for the Roughnecks. Should his catchphrase be Do you smell what the cook is cooking? Uh
0: so I love that. Uh catchphrases are inherently hilarious. Uh I don't have a better catchphrase than that. In fact, I wouldn't I wouldn't but you know, it wouldn't bother me too much if we put it out to the community this week uh, to see if anyone came up with uh, something better than that. What I do think he should do is like put a C on his uniform and then put a big red circle and X over top of it. Or better yet, don't accept a number; just put a C on your chest and then cross it out. Just embrace like, no, nah, I'm no captain of this team. Don't look up to me.
1: So I'm going road. the I'm going the opposite direction. Yeah, uh, I don't think he should have a catchphrase. Um, I think he should, whenever he's celebrating, salute like he's a captain, uh, just as a big middle finger to that whole thing. And then after saluting, take a fake trophy, just yank it out of someone's hands. Just, just. find
0: someone and yank a trophy out of their hands.
1: Yes, I think that should be his celebration every time uh but it, we I think we both agree um whether the catchphrase or not Connor Cook should absolutely be a villain. he's made yep. for it. I would love it, he would be my favorite. I would root for him to ruin everyone
0: uh, we pointed this out on Twitter, and I think it's true the x f l is doing a great job of leaning into these player college alliances that they've got going on those those pre existing uh relationships and I, and as someone, on Saturday. as someone that predominantly watches college football, that appeals to me.
1: I love it. They're going to continue my Saturday tradition, um, and I'm all about it. So, uh, John asks also on a more serious follow up: uh, Should we read any, read anything into the recent rash of transfers from the football team? Um, business as usual, or a canary in the coal mine uh, for Dantonio in the direction of the program? We did cover this up top. Uh, I think the I think the only thing worth addressing here that we didn't cover up top is uh, it is not a canary in the coal mine for D'Antonio in the program.
0: No. All
1: right. So, uh, and one green and white asks, uh, is taking Penn State to cover the obvious choice this week? Uh, we're going to mention this a little bit later uh, in case people choose to skip Twitter questions, but uh, Penn State opened as a only a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, Trust Vegas. Uh, I, I'm i not taking those points. Trust that James Franklin uh, typically blows games. Uh, and trust that Michigan State, even in a, a down year last year, beat Penn State. That's my take.
0: Yeah, uh, isn't there also some uh, gambling convention about a home dog? I don't know. Uh, isn't most of the money coming in on Penn State, though, right now?
1: No. Uh, actually, most, oh. uh, most of the... Most of the bets are coming in on Penn State, but the, the line actually moved down even though 80% of the bets were on Penn State, which means most of the money was the on money. Michigan State. Interesting.
0: Um, uh, I will also say yeah.
1: this to and one green and white, and this is just me, do not ever, ever, ever bet on Michigan State or against Michigan State. It is bad juju. Uh, someone did that once, and uh, then 2016 happened. So... Uh, don't look. To me, it's bad luck. That's all I'll say. All right. Uh, at Dom Garrett says at this point in the season, what does success look like for MSU? I think this is a great question, Kevin.
0: It is a great question. Uh, I hate to do it. I hate to sort of fall into the old stereotype, but uh, I mean, we'd like to see wins against both of the remaining ranked opponents. Uh, so that would be Penn State and Michigan. I think a win against Michigan might be enough. Uh, Understanding where we're at right now in the season might be enough to consider the season a success Win on the road. It would be nice to get them both. That might be unreasonable at this point. If we're just evaluating Michigan state's football team and what it is uh, relative to, to the rest of the teams in the big 10. What do you think about that? Mike?
1: Yeah, so I hate to set the the floor as low, but I, I mean a win against Michigan, you know, always makes a season mildly successful and it is what ties us to um what made D'Antonio so popular here to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, so assume winning out other than Penn State and and uh, you know, getting to a fine an okay bowl game. Um I would like that plus um, sh- showing some of the 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 freshman talent that we have and getting them snaps. Um, you know, keep the red shirts, particularly on the offensive line. I'm not looking to burn any red shirts, but I would like to see them getting appreciable playing time uh, moving forward if we lose against Penn
0: State. So, two things that I would add real quick because I want to give Dom a bit more response because it's a great question. Uh, I'm taking for granted that MSU beats its non-ranked opponents throughout the the rest of the year. Uh, definitely need those to have a successful season. And two, this will be a year where I take particular interest in the bowl game. Uh, who it is that they're playing, how well they perform, what it means moving forward. Uh, I understand that it's not going to be, you know, uh, a really exciting New Year's six or whatever bowl, but, uh, I'll be watching uh that as well with great interest
1: yeah and and i think we also for me this isn't really about the season per se but i at some point in time i got to hear from coach d'antonio i got to hear him talk to me um because how he wraps up this season will determine a lot of how i view the season um and 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 what his thoughts are looking forward so you know um this this season is honestly more intangible because it's about our emotion you know it you know we gave a pass to a degree on the 16 season even though we went 3 and 9 because we were coming off a three year gorgeous run yeah um and then we rebounded the next year in a way that no one thought we could so you know if we go 8 and 4 after last year's 7 and 5 you know it's not what i wanted not what i hoped not what i expected but If you can back that up with some conversation or some, you know, talking points about what the plan is going forward, I can come around on it um, and be happy.
0: They just had a gorgeous three-year run. Gorgeous. Yeah.
1: All right. Whatever. Um, And, hey, if it's a chance to to make Michigan unhappy, then great.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll take that, too.
1: I I do think at our core, we really want to see a win this weekend. Yeah. Um, Real Upper Deck Jerk Guy asks, can we beat Illinois? Hashtag fear the beard.
0: Well, as we determined, coming out of that ad copy, uh, yeah, the MSU should still beat Illinois. I, I think I, uh, I'm i going to be concerned if they lose that game. We're going to have a lot to talk about that week. Uh, Illinois is not that great. Brandon Peters is not that great. Uh, I expect that to be a win. I think, Oof. We'll have a lot to talk about that week if uh, if MSU doesn't win. What do you got?
1: You you added more words than necessary. Yes, mm-hmm. is the answer. Uh, do not fear the beard. Get Lovey Smith beard oil. Um, what upper deck jerk guy also asked, and I think this is an interesting question. Uh, what will the snap distribution between um, Eli, Anthony, uh, Williams, uh, Brandon Wright, and Alante Thomas be for the rest of the year?
0: So I'm going to take Lewerke's called draws and options and scrambles sort of out of this. I'm going to set those aside and not count him as a, you know, as a rusher. Uh, I think if you take a look at sort of what we've been seeing recently and you project that out, I think we're probably going to see Eli with, we'll call it like 65% of the snaps, and. We're going to call it 15%, although that's actually a little high if you look at what he's been asked to do so far this season. Uh, everyone can groan, as I say, that various members of the wide receiver core will probably get another 15% of the snaps, and then we'll filter in Brandon Wright and Alante Thomas with like the remaining five percent. Uh, but that might be high, actually. If we're relying on if MSU relies on those two players, and they disrupt these percentages, we could be, we could also have a lot to talk about in the podcast. What do you think? Uh,
1: so I think Anthony Williams gets a bit more carries going forward than, than you've got him at right now. Um, though Elijah Collins does continue to get the bulk. Um, I'm with you on wide receivers, weirdly getting too many of the run plays. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that I don't think Brandon Wright plays unless he absolutely has to. Um, they're going to need to keep that red shirt on him because otherwise you have three freshmen running backs in the same class and uh, that's no bueno. So yeah. I, I think they will keep him out or let him get some snaps as part of a planned four game scenario. Um, probably, you know, Illinois, Maryland and Rutgers with a bowl
0: game possibility. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll find out. That'll be interesting to see when um, the staff uses them.
1: So moving over to basketball, uh, Vodka Soda nineteen asks, "What are your thoughts on the Juwan Hauer hire, and how do you think uh, it will better the rivalry in any kind of way?" Uh, sad face to John Beeline leaving emoji. Thank you for asking a Wolverine question, uh, Kevin. Uh, get at it
0: yeah so we haven't addressed this yet on the podcast so far uh we might as well now thank you vodka soda 19 uh just real quick spitfire i don't think we know entirely what to think of this john howard situation yet apparently he's going to run some kind of like Miami heat offense. Uh, He's a big man himself. You got to think that that benefits John Teske in some way. Uh, I wouldn't expect that they continue to play the John B line offense. I I think it's going to be, you know, significantly different, really favor big men as a result. Uh, I, I just don't know. I I don't know if we have enough information on this. Uh, He did. You got to give him credit got a big recruit this week. Although now there's been some revisionist history a little bit about how, you know, he wasn't really competing with anyone because Kansas is, you know, crashing in on itself. I I don't know the degree to which that's true. Um, Well, real quick,
1: I I will say, um, I don't think Kentucky had him for a visit. I don't think North Carolina had him for a visit. And I don't think Duke had him for a visit. Yeah. And there's also rumors
0: that he's going to go pro somewhere and play a year in Europe or Australia or something. Uh we'll see if that ends up happening. Uh I don't anticipate that this is going to be a penny hardway Memphis like recruiting bonanza type of thing cuz he had real significant AAU connections. Uh he had guys that were going to follow him no matter where he went uh and I don't get the impression that's the same with uh with uh, uh John Howard. Um what I will say after he got this big recruit. There was quite a bit of social media uh, chatter about how MSU should be scared because now all of a sudden U of M is going to be getting better recruits. It, uh,
1: the, the person we're talking about, by the way, because we didn't say his name, is Isaiah Todd, uh, who plays uh, the power forward position, but can shoot.
0: Yeah, very good. Isaiah Todd. Yeah, sorry,
1: uh, just thought I should interject that.
0: You, if you think that Michigan basketball wasn't getting recruits, you're kind of stuck in Zach Novak, Stu Douglas, 2008. Like that team had been getting recruits. Most of the guys on the team right now that Joan took were four star guys. Uh, Mitch McGarry going back was a five star guy. Glenn Robinson was a five star guy. Uh, Poole, Livers, they were four star guys. Uh, basically everyone that you know, uh, save for, uh, uh, What's his name? John Teske. Uh We're four-star guys, um, so they've been recruiting at a pretty high level already. Maybe just a little bit below MSU basketball. So to think that there's going to be some real significant change now because there's a huge, you know, inflection of talent. I disagree with that. Um, yeah,
1: I think it's. I think it's more about does Juwan Howard. Uh, pursue a Calipari style uh, who's the head coach of Kentucky uh, a one and done you know leaves for the NBA after a year type model or does he fall somewhere potentially competing more against Izzo for recruits uh which Beeline never did
0: no and it doesn't look like Juan is either basically Juwan's recruiting uh approach so far has been carpet bomb the McDonald's All Americans with uh scholarship offers, which was not the way that John beeline did it, where he had an orderly process of bring you to uh campus, sit down with your family, talk about life. Except for not really. Uh so to one how seems to be
1: trying to recreate the Fab Five, which yeah. I can only hope they're as good at calling timeouts as the Fab Five. Oof. Um but uh though you know i guess because we care about amateurism i hope that they are not the fab
0: 5 in that regard so, it'll be interesting uh but i oh, don't you're think they take know a enough. chance
1: to dump on michigan come on
0: no I, I i will take plenty of chances during the season but, but we've got yeah. another upper deck jerk guy right now
1: oh we do uh who are your preseason picks for player of the year offensive player of the year defensive player of the year breakout player, and most improved player. Um, and I asked him for clarification on, did he mean the Spartans, did he mean the Big Ten, or did he mean nationally? Uh, to which he responded, I only care about the Spartans. Uh, heart you upper deck jerk guy. Yeah, here, yeah.
0: here, 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 here. Uh, I'm going to run through my picks real quick. I don't know if you want to do the same, but obviously cash is going to be player of the year and offensive player of the year. Cause the dude is like radiating efficiency, uh, defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Aaron Henry on that because especially now he's going to be moving around quite a bit. And I think at the end of the year last year, they were already putting Aaron Henry on the other team's best, uh, wing. Now Matt McQuaid was, but anyway, uh, I expect Aaron Henry to take that role breakout player uh i want it to be a lawyer or bingham but i'm gonna go with uh with rocket watts on this maybe some gabe maybe gabe gabe's around play out play plays nuts breaks out uh but we're gonna go with rocket what do you think and
1: uh asshat who's your uh most improved player
0: uh most improved we're gonna go with foster lawyer why not Ooh.
1: yeah um So, uh, player of the year, uh, Cassius. Um, Offensive player of the year, uh, you're probably right, but I'm going to go Aaron Henry. Um, Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go Aaron Henry. Um, So what you're saying
0: is Aaron Henry is going pro after this year?
1: (laughs) You know, I, I want it to be true, especially now with Lankford out, so I'm I'm projecting my own desires that that uh, Aaron Henry someone who who can do Aaron Henry plus the three three pointers that he had in the scrimmage. Project him. Um so breakout player I'm uh I I think it's Rocket. Um the the fact that that Izzo has talked about his defense in such glowing terms. Um, makes me think that uh, Rocket Watts is going to see a lot of playing time, because if you can't play defense, you can't play for own. So, um, I, I think he's someone they're going to be trusting late in games, and if he's able to shoot, he he's going to close some games for us. Dude. Um, most improved player, I'm going with Bingham.
0: Bingham. Uh, there is uh, speculation that he's starting at the four in the uh, the Gonzaga, you know, preseason game was an aspirational start it was like a shot in the arm show him that he can do it type of thing so we'll see how that goes um that'll be fun to watch
1: yeah uh i'm rooting for it um so uh we're gonna move on to your miscellaneous questions um at dom garrett asks if you could only bring three things to either eat or drink at a tailgate what would they be
0: well i mean there's like obvious things like the beers and the the hot dogs and the chips um i mean if you're if you're a lions fan you're gonna bring a salad to toss uh but let's call it uh let's call it a cheesy blaster is my three things uh a cheesy blaster in case you don't know is a hot dog you take a hot dog you stuff it with some jack cheese and you (laughs) fold it into pizza you got cheesy blasters that's a little 30 Rock reference uh, that we'll include in the show notes, by the way. What do you think? <laughs> just,
1: just to clue people in? Yeah. Uh, so I am going with um, Nostalgia. Um, so I am going with either some Natty Light, some High Life, or some Miller Light.
0: Ooh. Um, gotta have one of those. Uh, do you mix it all up into a magical elixir? No, no,
1: no, no. You're just bringing one of those. Okay. Um, I'm going to say you got to bring some fireball. I'm not going to lie. You got to have something to take some shots with. And fireball, for my money, is the answer to that question. Okay. Um, and then, you know, look, I will hover over a dip any day, like some some buffalo dip. I will box people out. But brats, brats for me are... The consummate grilling, tailgating food. So Miller Lite, Fireball, brats.
0: Okay. Uh, live your life. I'm happy for you. Uh, but next week, I'm going to write in. You're going to redeem yourself with some scotch recommendations. For uh, I have gr- I have great scotch recommendations.
1: Yeah. I love scotch, but that doesn't mean I'm not trashy too. Yeah. Uh, Nate Beale asks, this is a great segue, uh, is a hot dog a sandwich and retort from the upper deck jerk guy or is it a taco?
0: I think this is a beautiful, glorious question I've been asking myself since I can remember. Um, I don't think it's a question that can be answered, though. Uh, If you do have an answer to this question, come at us with that, with it. I want to know, but I mean, I I don't think such a a sage exists on on this mortal plane.
1: It's easy. Look, I don't live in Michigan anymore, but I remember my time there. Coney's, right? Yep. Coney's have a menu. It's usually like 80 pages long. And there's sections to it. There's a hot dog section, and there's a sandwich section. A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's not a taco. It's a hot dog. Period.
0: There are plenty of menus that have sandwich sections and burger sections, but a burger is a subset of a sandwich. They're burgers. Okay, let's move on. Dom,
1: <laughs> you broke the podcast. You can, you can at me. Uh, Scott Bobat asks, why don't I like the NFL?
0: <laughs> yeah, atone for yourself. Atone.
1: Uh, I have no loyalty to any of these teams. Uh, yeah. There's too much parody. They're all too good. There's frankly. too much parody. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I just don't enjoy the game. It's not as fun to me uh and it's outrageously expensive to go to the games you pretty much have to be rich to go to them or it's like a a once in a whatever occasion i and and fantasies ruined it because you're just rooting for players and honestly when i root for teams it's because there's a spartan on the team like was i psyched that Kirk cousins did well the other day i was i'm sorry lions fans i i feel your pain but I moved to Michigan at, uh, fourth grade. So I was already a Niners fan. Like I just, and I don't really care about the Niners that much. Yeah. What, like, was I psyched for Le'Veon Bell when he scored two touchdowns and the Jets claimed that it was the first time he scored touchdowns in green and white. I mean, I was excited about the touchdowns, less excited for the Jets. I, so no, I don't like the NFL. Don't care.
0: Yeah. This is not, and never will be an NFL podcast. Uh, so. Sorry make make an NFL podcast part of your uh balanced podcast diet if that's something that's important to you
1: so real- De- upper duck jerk guy asks since we don't care for Phil Collins, what is the best Taylor Swift song?
0: ooh, I got one actually. Delicate off of reputation is the answer Could't answer Phil Collins, but I'm going to be straight with you. I can answer this question, and the answer is delicate from reputation. What do you think uh
1: I'm not going to apologize for this answer. Shake it off. Mike Jervis, friend of the pod, asks, thoughts on the pay-to-play act and will it change college sports? I'm sorry, the fair to play to pay-to-play act.
0: Of course. Use the proper term
1: uh we covered this jervis uh not that good of a friend of the pod if you didn't go back and check out our catalog uh but uh look i for me and we covered this last time i'm worried about the equity i'm worried about the divisions in the locker room um and i think if there's a way for the ncaa to lead on this and let the schools be involved in it such that that money can be distributed to student athletes at large, um, I'm good with it. And, you know, if the university wants to, you know, one of the interesting things is that these players won't, I don't think be allowed to be in their jerseys when they're promoting things. Mm -hmm. Um, because then the team has to be involved and you're using trademark and, you know, apparel to promote something. So, um, I think that maybe that's the best way forward because yes, it will change college sports. Um, and I don't have a problem with them getting paid. We're pro them getting paid. Yeah. Um, but I, I do wish that maybe there was sort of an amateurism model of it.
0: Uh, Jervis, I'll only disagree with what Mike said about you not being that great a fan of the pod. Uh, you're, you're one of my personal favorites. Uh, I, I think I said at the time, and I maintain, the players probably benefit the most from this, but the middlemen and you know the sort of unsavory group around players benefit the second most. It's like 1A and 1B. Uh, I think we'd like to see the NCAA or, or the individual teams get involved, like Mike said. Um, I'm also not sure. I think the dollar amounts and how low they are are going to surprise people, but- We'll find out.
1: Um, Jervis also asks, uh, best Michigan beer, whether on tap or not at Frazier's. Well, we'll just say at Frazier's, uh, that beer of the month, the Blanche de Chambleau or whatever, uh, sounds fantastic. It does. Uh, Try that out.
0: Yeah. So the real Upper Deck Jerk guy answered the question himself to Hardedale. And that is, I think, what comes to mind for everyone first I would add in, and that's certainly on tap at Frasers. I would add in Astro's, which has come back to the market recently. If you're looking for a Michigan mower beer, even though I understand that it's not technically a Michigan company, it is being distributed here now. And then I was having one earlier today. I'm beer number one. I'm going to add in a Hey Diddle Diddle, Saddler up the middle uh which was originally uh produced by a brewery out in denver i believe but is now being distributed by atwater as well uh i don't believe it's on tap at uh Fraser's pub but we're gonna see what we can do about that uh
1: so you know i, I feel a little bad because two-hearted is now pretty widely distributed um you know founders which we are down on lately because of they're nonsense. They're in the
0: news. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, you know, the all-day IPA is, despite the fact that I now don't know that I feel comfortable sending them my money, a great beer. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to go with something other than Two-Hearted, but honestly, it's a really great beer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, the Edmund Fitzgerald, though, honestly, great porter that's a uh,
0: ohio beer oh, damn it yeah sorry well, sorry fine. buddy
1: look wait i thought it was great lakes brewing from ohio they have one great lake that they're like
0: barely on but they took it
1: <sighs> oh my god they took it i'm sorry no it's fine don't shoot the I... messenger no no i'm i feel like i disappointed the listeners um so look Uh, one of the things about Michigan beers is I I think in my experience tend to be uh, like a lot of uh, craft beers, a little bit hop heavy. Um, I like the two hearted because even though it is a a hop forward beer is, is pretty well balanced, um, you know, while keeping that spirit. So that's what I'll say.
0: Oh, do you want to talk about uh, this upcoming football game explicitly?
1: Yes. Now that we are deep into the episode, (laughs) Uh thank you all for continuing to listen. So a thing mentioned- that
0: I will say though about us leaving this long for this game is I don't know really how engaged the fan base is with this game. I think we're I think the MSU fan base is still reeling to a degree with what happened with Ohio State and Wisconsin, still trying to wrap their heads around that. And they're really I think the MSU fan base, so I'm going to speak for the whole thing or if I'm going to speculate just is looking for something to feel good about coming out of this thing what do you think
1: i i think the same i think it's important that that we show up for the team um and and support them because look they're also kids uh you know we or college kids anyway and if you're in college listening to this thank you uh but you know As much as we need them to feel up sometimes, they need you too. Um, So, you know, if you go into this game hoping and believing that we can win, that will rub off in some way. Yeah. Um, As we mentioned, this game opened as us only a a six-and-a-half-point underdog, um, went down to five-and-a-half at one point in time, despite all those bets being for Penn State to beat us by more than six-and-a-half. Um, so I guess you know. Let's we'll do a quick preview on on what to to look for in this game, um. And so I, I guess uh on both sides of the ball, it's worth noting Penn State plays lives and dies by explosive plays. So um, they have a very talented wide receiver KJ Hamler who can and did take it deep many times on Michigan um they are a top 10 defense uh against the run and leading uh, i think they're number four in sacks they love to blitz um so that's you know they're running backs they have like four of them they're not breaking big plays they're just doing it to keep people honest um kevin what are you seeing from penn state
0: uh well i can't get past kj hamler personally i mean we've Relitigated the 2016 class so many times. There's a guy from Michigan in that class, if I'm not mistaken, that ended up walking away. I mean, it would be very nice to have a piece like that on the team right now, uh, just like a, a big time threat. Uh, Penn State to me looks beatable. Uh, I do have concerns that maybe their defensive strengths. Uh, also correlate with MSU's offensive weaknesses. Uh, they like to bring the pressure. They're generally successful in doing so. And uh, I think it's been pretty well documented, the struggles that MSU has up front and in, in rush blocking. So, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, when MSU not, has the ball, yeah,
1: they, they need to take advantage of the fact that Penn State is blitzing. Yeah. Um, and, and Penn State only plays a single safety um, up top um, or you know, deep anyway. And, and so for people who don't know or want to know, a safety is typically two people who are the furthest back on the field um, on defense. And so that leaves opportunity in two ways for us. One is um, we've got opportunities deep uh, because if you beat the cornerback, there, you know, there's only one guy back there. Um, And because they like to blitz, it leaves things open, uh, typically in some short yardage, uh, either in the slot or on a drag route, um, for us to hit wide receivers. Now, (laughs) the wide receivers need to catch the ball. uh, I was just going
0: to say that. Keep an eye on drops.
1: (laughs) Yeah. By the way, uh, the Free Press published an article today that totally got me to click because it was about MSU acknowledging their drops and what they were doing to fix them. And what they're doing to fix them, apparently, is talk about it and support each other, which is – why did you have to make me click? Um, (laughs) I wanted to know what they were doing.
0: They – I mean, the whole country needs to know that if you just talk about it (laughs) –
1: It fixes things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Lewerke needs to be—our quarterback Brian Lewerke needs to be having a great game. He needs to see the field well, which has been something he has not done well the last two games, even if he played pretty well against Ohio State. He missed some open guys. Um, You know, the O-line needs to be able to read what's happening. Lewerke needs to be able to read what's happening. Um, And then on defense, you know, it's it's keeping K.J. Hill contained. Um, Our captain and linebacker Joe Bocci— Uh, who uh, talked about how the team needs to bracket him, which is to say that they essentially need to have a cornerback covering him as well on the underside and a a safety over the top of him, which is going to leave some things open elsewhere. Um, But given that he is so excellent, it's a sacrifice worth making, and and it's going to have us have to abandon sort of or modify a bit of our traditional coverage scheme. Um, You know, I'm— I'm convinced that especially after a week's rest this defense is up to it Um, the offense is the bigger question mark to me Uh, and if they can if the pass game can get going to set up the run game I think there's a shot
0: yeah, uh, it's worth noting that's KJ Hamler that we're talking about there. And oh, I have Hill in the notes. Oh. It's okay. You're okay. And it, I got something wrong, too. He was part of the 2017 class. He wasn't part of the 2016 class. So Yours we is got it, embarrassing. We got it all wrong on KJ Hamler. And uh, Well, speaking
1: I'm, of all things wrong, let's just say real quick about Penn State. <laughs> um, you know, if you did a survey, well, Graham Couch kept doing a survey of Uh, Spartan fans on whether we were a football or basketball school. Uh, It's an easy answer for Penn state because you're terrible at basketball.
0: Dude. Remember midway through last year when uh, Pat chambers, uh, Penn state basketball coach was suspended for part of the season. (laughs) And everyone just expected that he'd be fired, but he's coming (laughs) back by the way, go ahead and look
1: nine seasons of not making an NCAA tournament.
0: Dude is coming back. So, you know, Pat Chambers is a basketball coach, cockroach. You can't kill him. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times he finishes tied for 10th or 12th or 13th in the league. Uh, he continues to be Penn State's basketball coach, uh, which is a testament. Good for him. And
1: I'd also Get like to say money. about Penn State, because in a weird way, there's this sort of like, oh, you're a land grant university two thing that, you know, I had some sort of semblance of camaraderie with them. Uh, let's dismiss that right away. I, I For listeners who don't know, uh, I spent a decent amount of time in Philadelphia uh, in my life. I, I went there for law school, lived there after law school, practiced law out there. Uh, there are a lot of Penn State people out there. Um, if it weren't for the University of Michigan, Penn State would qualify as the most arrogant university that I've ever encountered. <laughs> Uh, to, to give you a sense of this, when you Google Penn State University, Google's people also ask suggestions are, is Penn State a respected university? Is Penn State an Ivy League college? Is the University of Pennsylvania the same as Penn State? And I would not be surprised if Penn State is somehow fueling these search results. Yeah,
0: there's just like a, the people in the you know, bowels of the Bryce Jordan Center just Googling these things over and over and over again to move them up the list.
1: And Penn State, the way it's set up, it's almost as if there's a U of M Dearborn, like in every college or in every, in every city. And like you do two years there and then maybe you go to main campus. It is, it's a weird school, man.
0: Speaking of weird things, should we touch on the land grant trophy fever that's taking over social media right now? Hottest,
1: honestly, best Twitter account, best follow. Uh, the land grant trophy in my mind, I don't know about you, Kevin, reminds me if, uh, some office furniture hooked up with a bowling trophy, like, and made a baby that,
0: I (laughs) I mean, that, that's sort of harshing on the five bits, uh, $5 bits of broken chair type, uh, type vibe. But, uh, I maintain that the land grant trophy should be the only college football trophy that the loser has to take home (laughs) every year. (laughs) I think that would be a fun little quirk on the whole thing. So uh, I'm going to write a letter to both athletic departments because I'm still considered a uh, Penn state booster because we bought those tickets to go to the palestra game.
1: (laughs) Oh, their basketball team beat us somehow. So
0: I got clout. I got clout with both administrations uh, and uh, I'm going to be there on Saturday. So I'll just scream it down to the field as well. So, uh,
1: I guess, you know, we said at the, at the top, psyched for some more Spartan football. A couple, or less than a week, I think, until Spartan basketball's playing. It's a great time to be a Spartan. Let's, let's all keep that in mind. Uh, you know, it's still exciting, and we're in a better place than we were during the dark days.
0: I think it's a good place to leave it, Josie.
1: All I right, you, well. You did a great job. Uh, thank you. I'm Mike Jones. He's Kevin Greck. Go Green.
0: Go away.